This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Hello again, everyone. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content and Research with Executive Platforms, and this is another episode of the EP Thought Leader Series Blueprint Podcast. Just before we begin today's podcast, I do want to let listeners know uh, I have uh, scheduled a call with a, a person with a fantastic supply chain story. The available time, he's actually going to be talking from his job site, so there's possibly going to be a little bit of background noise, which I know is not ideal, but his story is well worth sharing. I look forward to sharing it with you. Today, I'm joined by Steve Robinson, former Chief Operating Officer of Gobble. Steve has more than 20 years of experience leading multi-million dollar global operations, strategy, and supply chain transformations for some of the world's largest and most complex retail supply chains. Today, we're going to speak a little bit about his experience with Gobble, a unique meal kit company that emphasizes on speed, pre-prepped food, par-cooked ingredients to make meals within 15 minutes. Uh, Gobble has taken an enormous leap forward in its business since uh, Steve joined the team. Uh, In fact, uh, when they were putting together a package for me, they said uh, he has been called the single largest catalyst to gobble since the founding of the company. Uh, Some of the details of that transformation have been selected as a finalist for the Supply Chain Innovator Spotlight Award at the EP Awards happening in Chicago this September. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, Sure. Well, let me start by saying when we came up with the Supply Chain Innovator Spotlight category, stories like yours were exactly what we were hoping to receive. Not so long ago, I used to be a conference producer recruiting case studies, and uh, your work with Gobble is such a perfect illustration of what supply chain leaders bring to their organizations. Now, I've read the submission through a few times, and uh, of course, our listeners, this is all going to be new. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about Gobble and where the company was when you first joined them? Yeah, so Gobble is a, um, is a, is a meal prep company um, providing uh, meal kits for busy families. And, uh, you know, Gobble pioneered uh, kind of a one-pan, three-step, 15-minute um, meal kit. In essence, Jeff, it's a, it's a gourmet meal uh, that's been, uh, you know, really constructed to appeal to a wide variety of tastes. But more importantly, uh, that meal can be unpacked and cooked on the table hot in 15 minutes with the minimum utilization of utensils and uh, minimum level of effort to accomplish that, you know, Gobble does all of what we call the maison class work, right? Uh, the chopping, the cutting, the measuring, the allocations, the instructions are simple, and it's really made to be a fast yet enjoyable experience. And, and where was Gobble when you first joined them? Like how large an organization was it? What, where were they in their, in their growth? Yeah, so Gobble was servicing a loyal base of customers, um, mostly across the eight Western states. And to my understanding, you know, when you joined the company, you know, there was those eight Western states, and uh, I understand you've recently uh, moved to a new organization, but, you know, during your time there, they had expanded out to 42 states uh, while reducing costs and lowering error rates and increasing menu offerings, and you did all that since 2017. Can you walk us through that journey a little bit? That sounds incredible. Yeah, so, you know, really from a supply chain perspective, you know, Gobble had created just an outstanding model. Uh, you know, first, uh, they really created a treasure hunt environment. So every week there were like new meals and new items within those meals that were available, uh, you know, for the customer. Portion of it was sort of, you know, curated from local produce, uh, inspired by international cuisines, uh, you know, supported partially by, you know, Gobble's own intellectual property. There's 
hundreds and hundreds of sauces and spices and compound butters and other things that, you know, are really sort of Davos' own IP. But every week there were uh, there were new products that um, and new meals that were listed for uh, our Gabo uh, our Gabo customers. That required a lot of just-in-time inbound management. That required sequencing uh, within the throughput facilities and kitting and prepping uh, so that we could you know really sort of accomplish you know what we looked at as a sort of personalized combination of meals. Customers could select from 12 meals and we would uh, effectively personalize and customize their unique box. So each outbound shipment was a snowflake. Um, you know, one of the things that intrigued me in the essay that was uh, submitted uh, to our awards judges was Gobble is focusing philosophically less on growth, not to say you're not interested in growth, and indeed you enjoyed tremendous growth, but uh, there was a philosophical choice to focus on the customer. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the philosophical choice to focus on the customer was really to take kind of the artificial intelligence and learn where we learn more about customers' tastes and their preferences, and then, you know, we could continue to sort of recommend uh, new and uh, potentially different meals that would conform uh, to kind of the, the personalized profiles that we begin to understand about each customer and about each family. But as we added customization and personalization, our mandate was, um, you know, not to create uh, a cost structure that did not, you know, translate into the market as, uh, as a value, which meant we had to have leverage from our supply chain. And that leverage would be pretty intentional. So we could grow revenues, but not grow our costs at the same rate that the revenues were growing. That was the task for our supply chain, profitable growth. Meal kit businesses. You are shipping food around a country that people are going to prepare. You know, there, there is a, a food safety element to it. There is always the challenge of, you know, you, your produce is in your hands for so long. It's being shipped sometimes by third parties. Talk to me a little bit about how Gobble approached this. Yeah, so we, uh, we didn't approach it as if uh, we needed a food safety program to protect the, you know, the interest of the business. We, you know, we really approached it as if we needed to earn the right uh, to be able to curate and deliver, you know, um, safe meals uh, to the customer's home. So in an average meal kit company, you're delivering in what is in essence fresh products, uh, you know, to someone's doorstep, you know, in our business where we, you know, made the decision to cut into fruits and, and vegetables, we recognize the rate of uh, foodborne pathogen growth, uh, you know, it, it accelerates exponentially. And so a part of what I think the core competency uh, was developed at Gobble was, you know, really bringing some math and some science to uh, how we looked at different food profiles and temp profiles and engineered, uh, you know, packaging and packing approaches and methodologies that maintain, you know, you know, USDA temp transit profiles at or below at or below the standards. So that, you know, we really became very intentional about ensuring that, you know, all of our customers could trust the, the Gobble brand to be uh, one of the most food safe, uh, you know, brands uh, on the market as it related to, 
you know, shipping food. Of course, we were intentional about not using any preservatives. So it was all fresh, natural, some of it par cooked, many of it freshly cut, you know, produce. And we were delivering that in the food droughts and the high temp uh, zones in the winter would be, you know, moving into areas that were susceptible to, uh, you know, to freeze it. So it was a lot of time, effort, rigor, science, uh, experimentation to come up with kind of the holistic approach to deliver a food set safe box to your family that that you could trust. Which again speaks to the uh, the company's customer centric focus. Yes, absolutely. You mentioned one of the challenges of the food kit business model is the high cost of goods sold. Uh, you say that so far as a percentage of sales, you have decreased food costs by twenty seven percent, labor costs by thirty three percent, packaging costs by twenty five percent, and your shipping costs year over year have reduced by eight percent. Now I appreciate there's such a thing as economies of scale and and. Gobble did double the size of its business since uh, you took over. But when companies experience growth at this rate, they aren't usually so successful at controlling costs. Can you tell us a little bit about how you managed this? Yeah. So, you know, from a supply chain perspective, we were really intentional about every aspect of the business. And so instead of just simply building an assortment that could support, um, you know, the profile of, of taste, you know, that our customers had, we were looking at items and really wanting to understand the items profit contribution. So, you know, which, which items created, um, you know, the best, what we call taste profile, uh, while simultaneously helping generate sales, reduce churn. And then what is sort of the, the landed cost of that item? So we went through sort of this, this rigorous process to develop a taxonomy for which items were going to be best. We rationalized our internal item profile and we were pretty, you know, focused on bringing new items in that sort of met not just one criteria, i.e. cost or sales or, or, or taste, uh, but offered the best solution across uh, the blended set of criteria. So, you know, we were intentional about the items. We were intentional about, you know, local uh, local sourcing for freshness and for quality. We wanted to ensure that we could, you know, maintain the days of freshness inside of a customer's fridge and not burn, you know, days of freshness in our supply chain with, with, with storage and uh, unnecessary consolidations, et cetera. Uh, and then we really began sort of looking at, um, you know, how we were sourcing um, uh, across, you know, different vendors and beginning to sort of introduce our new channel to uh, suppliers that had not historically uh, generated sales in, uh, in, this type of, uh, in this type of channel and then working with each supplier uh, to kind of reduce our cost to serve gradually over time. And as a result, you know, we were really able to make some substantial changes uh, to, you know, kind of the landed cost of uh, the landed cost of food. We did similar things in the packaging categories. And of course, uh, you know, used our engineering capacity and the engineering capacity of uh, our kind of carrier partners inbound and outbound last mile uh, to engineer uh, a cost to serve that we felt uh, unlocked the type of economies that we needed to uh, drive our costs down. You know, what Gobble achieved in, in such a short span of time, you must have brought on so many supply chain capabilities uh, in, in fairly short order, in, in rapid succession, and well. 
Uh, can you walk us through how that happened and, and how you found success doing it? Yeah, you know, you know, when we really kind of, you know, started the process and planned out, you know, where we were going to grow and how we were going to grow, uh, we knew that we would need to bring on some uh, sort of expert systems and supply chain capability. Uh, and so from that perspective, you know, we began to implement what we, uh, what we kind of called internally the great eight, right? Uh, so, you know, started with the demand planning and forecasting systems and capability. Uh, and then from there we moved to, uh, you know, MRP. We implemented, uh, you know, a proprietary WMS. Uh, we sourced uh, TMS capability through, uh, you know, kind of our provider network, but SaaS-based TMS implemented our labor management system internally, uh, you know, went into um, the, the warehouse and implemented our full scalable scanning capability for WMS so that we could support an FDA recall. Uh, we implemented a pick-the-light system, uh, and then <clears throat> we implemented, uh, you know, kind of a CRM, a CRM capability. Um, you know, the, the last, and, I, and we really thought that process came together when we also implemented uh, an SNOP process methodology uh, and a little tech support for that. But it was really sort of bringing, um, you know, bringing those expert systems on and uh, fine tuning those systems so that we had uh, sort of a back end supply chain. We had not implemented an ERP. Uh, that's sort of the next thing. But, uh, you know, currently found that through implementing best of breed capabilities, that were synchronized across sort of an integrated view of the end-to-end -end supply chain uh, that we were really able to, you know, create and, and maintain sustainable uh, efficiencies and improve the effectiveness of the uh, entire supply chain. My, my goodness, you just listed off things that other companies take 10 years trying to organize the way they want it, and, and you started from sort of ground up, built it as the company was growing. Exactly. You know, we. Incred I mean, in your free time, did you learn a language or a <laughs> musical instrument or something? I mean, what did you do with all the uh, the extra time you had? Well, necessity is the mother of invention. Absolutely, and and again, one of the things that just staggers me is that you did this while growing from basically a West Coast operation. To, it now services 42 states, um, and, and when you're talking about sourcing locally and you're talking about last-mile delivery, I'm sure every one of those states had its own journey of, okay, well, if we're not in California anymore, how, how are we going to do this? Um, can you tell a little bit about the scaling of it, how, how you actually made that transition into a coast-to-coast -coast operation? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we started experimenting on the East Coast with uh, third-party relationships until we found what we felt was a sweet spot where we could handle uh, like the majority of our, our new unsupported market with um, uh, with an incremental facility. We found that facility uh, in, in Eastern Pennsylvania where we could handle everything north to the Canadian border and everything south to the tip of uh, Miami within 48 hours, which is sort of our mandate. Uh, and then we serviced, uh, you know, everything, you know, east of the Mississippi uh, River from that facility as well. Uh, we began to do, as other milk companies have done, uh, sort of ex extend uh, the market reach of our, you know, kind of our fresh perishable, uh, perishable product uh, by implementing uh, different levels of refrigerated, frozen, and, uh, and other transportation to actually get us into a market uh, as quickly as possible. And then again, utilize different last mile relationships to 
uh, accomplish the, 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 the final delivery to our customers. Fantastic. Steve, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. Supply chain executives always have the best stories. I am conscious of the time, and uh, for our listeners, I do want to wrap this up with one final question. Uh, Gobble has already undergone such an incredible journey, and I'm sure there's much more to come. If there is one thing you want listeners to remember or think about further, what do you hope they take away from this conversation we've had today? Yeah, you know, I would, uh, you know, I would say that I've had the enjoyment of working for very large organizations and for startups, right? You know, there's a saying that says, you know, those whom the gods wish to destroy will first be blessed with 20 years of business success. Supply chain management is really change management in its essence. Uh, you know, you know, Gobble as a new company growing very quickly uh, had certain challenges. We were able to accomplish those with, you know you know, business process, uh, you know, changes and, uh, and technologies, most large companies, uh, you know, their real challenge is becoming nimble and becoming agile and being able to, you know, really move from, uh, from the old business process to adopt new business processes, moving from the legacy technologies to adopting, you know, some of the newer, more nimbler, uh, you know, technologies. And so I think the takeaway is simply that, uh, you know, your capacity for change, uh, you know, you know, really yeah, kind of determines uh, the, the, the rate at which you can implement uh, and take advantage of uh, some of the newer uh, and actually more accurate and capable uh, supply chain processes and, uh, and technologies. So it's, it really is uh, accelerating the appetite and the capacity to uh, sort of impose profitable changes, customer-driven changes uh, on your legacy supply chain. Fantastic. Steve, I want to thank you again for your time. It's a pretty incredible story you have to share, so thank you for telling us a little more about it. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Good luck to you and Gobble at the EP Awards in Chicago. Until next time, I've been Jeff Mix of Executive Platforms, and this has been the EP Thought Leader Series Blueprint Podcast. Thanks for listening.